Welcome back to the DOD podcast. The dudes of Davy are here, and we are going to discuss baseball today. As I said at the end of the last pod, baseball is still cool. I repeat, it's real. It's still cool. Okay, so we're we're going to get into what's happened in the evolution of baseball, and also what's happened in society, and and with our with just how we follow news and information and marketing and and it's, why, a little, it's a little bit of the kitchen sink episode here yeah and 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 why is baseball lagging and what do they need to do and we'll highlight a few things so Stefan, what's what's your what's your take how, how do you want to start this off i mean i think we're going to go i think this is going to be very much like a ping pong match because we're going to go a little all over the place i think we should start with the fact that you know baseball is a great sport and both of us, we discussed, you know, previously, you know, we're big baseball fans and continue to, you know, be a baseball fan, but we're huge baseball fans as kids. So what has changed since we were kids, for better or for worse, to now have baseball really lagging uh, the other major sports? Uh, look, I mean, I, I, I have a couple of data points that I know that you'll appreciate. Mm-hmm. So since 2007... Attendance is down 14%. So obviously you got to dig into that and dive from there. You know, what does that mean? But that is a general average number. It's, it's global warming. Right. It's global, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think, you know, what is that? What do you, what, how do you break that down? You break that down into ticket prices. I think the pace of play, which we're going to discuss, how baseball just is a slower sport than all the other major sports. Mm-hmm. I think inflation costs. Which I know are near and dear to your heart. Yes. Uh, you had COVID. Mm-hmm. Throw that into the mix. Yeah. And here's an interesting one that's not baseball related. The average person just has more entertainment options at home than they've ever had. Right. So I think if you wrap up all those into one package, it's, you know what? The NBA, faster, football, more aggressive, quicker, mm-hmm. and there's even soccer. Uh, but I think what it, what it comes down to is that baseball is in a very interesting position right now, and it's going to have to tap into some people our age and some people younger uh, for them to come together and figure out, you know, w- this is where we are. You know, how do we improve? Because it's not for lack of star power, which we'll touch on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great stars and great storylines, mm-hmm. but that there needs to be a real focus on improving the game's uh, audience their participation. Yeah, uh, look, the MLB is is trying. You know, they they are trying to get you know the pitch. You know, they're trying to get more pitches out faster. They're doing a lot of different things. They're kind of messing around. They don't want to mess with the integrity of the game and kind of what the game has been over the years. Um, the rules are the rules, um, but they're kind of playing around on the fringes. It's just tough. You know, it's really hard to compete with, you know, the NFL. The NFL literally just consumes us. Like people watch, I think people watch the combine more than they watch baseball. Um, is that a hot take? Yes, I, th- <laughs> I think that's a hot take. We'll look at the ratings. Um and the NBA, it's look, these these are just inherently faster games. I think their marketing is better. You know, we were talking about this earlier, which is, 
you know, I remember being at over night camp, okay? And when I was maybe like 12, 13, 14 years old, and we would go to line up in the morning and we had like no contact with the outside world, but we were always like waiting for the baseball scores and we were waiting to see like, oh, did Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run? You know, Sosa, McGuire, that kind of stuff. And, you know, now I don't think anyone really cares, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't like to I don't like to hear that sentiment that nobody cares. Uh, but I think, though, baseball took some steps in the last 12 to 18 months to try and get people to care more or at least for them to care longer. Right. Right. So when you change the doubleheader rule to now be seven innings, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, well, why would you do that? That it, that does impact the integrity of the game. But they felt like doubleheaders were just too long. Yeah. And then they changed the rule uh, for extra innings where they now put a man on second in the 10th inning mm-hmm. with no out for both the uh, home and, and the away team to you know win the game quicker. I mean, I, I mentioned to you uh, earlier it was it was amazing as a kid when you would wake up and look at the box score of your Yankee, a Met fan, wherever, whoever fan you are, and see you know that your team lost or won in 17 innings and in right. 16 innings. Right. That that I guess that sort of blew your mind. Like you couldn't believe that the players had the fortitude and the strength to stay on the field for almost two games and battle it out. Right. And that that's no longer really almost ever. That probably will never happen again. Right. Look, I think I think true fans. In true baseball towns, still care. Okay, that you know that that's important. Um, you know, even back in the day, like my father would cut out box scores for me. He loved Tony Gwynn and he loved his consistency, and he'd cut out his scores, his box score every day, put it on the counter. I don't even know if he knows like you know four players in Major League Baseball right now. And it's like that's not just like the younger generation. I just think it's. Kind of mm-hmm. lost touch in in general, um, and baseball has some great stars to market if they knew how to do it. You know, some of it is is, I guess, their personalities and certain aspects that play into you know who is actually marketable. Um, but you know, baseball has things to work with. It's just what what is really the you know one of the things we discussed as well is is you know, the 24 hour news cycle. And since like the mid nineties and, you know, right around the time of the, of the big strike in 94, when I think baseball was as hot as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was, there became a little bit more of a, the 24 hour news cycle, smartphones, instant gratification. Baseball is a slower game. I, I personally like going to a baseball game. It's, I, I find it somewhat relaxing watching on TV and sometimes be a little tough, but it's, it can be, relaxing but it's not it's not exciting to most people right um so yeah. I, I mean yeah i think to, to go to to a couple points that i think you'll find interesting as mm-hmm. somebody who loves numbers okay mm-hmm. so while attendance is down 14 percent, and let's call the average attendance is somewhere around twenty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. okay as you and i both know the average attendance or average capacity for an nba game is about 17 to nineteen thousand. Okay, so there's already 10,000 more people that are actually attending a baseball game. Mm -hmm. So that should be a positive. That should be something that they should look to consider. I think the 162 game season is is an absolute killer. And it is, and it's look, we've all made the joke, right? Like, who cares about baseball until the All-Star break? That's, That's been a running joke for years. Yeah. But I think now more than ever, I think, you know, baseball in March or April, 
I mean, you are at the end of the NBA, NHL seasons. Right. You're just not, you're not even prepared and ready to focus on it. Um, you have the multiple drafts coming up, especially the NFL draft in, in April. Right. So, you know, does cutting the season or shortening the season by 10, 15, 20 games make a difference? Maybe it does. Don't have to tell you the people to push back on that right away. Going to be the owners, right? Both the uh, the owners that are willing to spend and the really cheap owners that don't want to spend. So they're both going to have an issue with it to a degree. Um, it look, it's a, it's it's really it's a fascinating topic of the where is baseball today? You know, and we talked about the fact that we know plenty of people whose kids are playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, baseball is huge in New Jersey. And it's huge down here, mm-hmm. much more so than I even thought down here in, in Florida. And I hear all the stories of how much the kids are enjoying playing. And you made the point that baseball is a fun sport to play. Absolutely. I love playing as a kid. It's, uh, it, it, it really is a great game. It's a great game for camaraderie. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting game if you really – and as I was listening to Tim Kirchin speak over the weekend he was just inducted into the hall of fame as and he's like he's a sports writer who focuses solely on baseball and he is so passionate about it and he said something really interesting which is you know the cool thing about baseball different than a lot of other sports is that you could go to the ballpark and see something that you've never seen before right and it that's the amazing thing about baseball and you know, it's just there's a lot of things at play, as we talked about, and, and what can baseball do to kind of fix it. But it really, in my mind, pro sports comes down to individual stars first. For the general masses, the the teams that have a rich baseball history and tradition – the, those, you know, like the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Cubs, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. um, those fans are in it. OK, so like you don't really have to convince those fan bases. Um, I think it's great right now that Aaron Judge is hitting so many home runs for the Yankees. That does bring some interest to baseball. I'm following that to a degree. But I can't tell you the next like few guys on that list of home runs and when I looked the other day, it's like there are some guys hitting 30 home runs already, 32 home runs, which is they're on pace for massive numbers. But I, you know, it, it's it, you're not. Fun. I used to know that. Now I don't know it, right? So the stories inside of the game as well are what will get more of the masses into it. But again, like those core towns and going to those stadiums too. I mean, going to Yankee Stadium, going to Wrigley, going to Fenway, going to Bush Stadium. Like those are like great places to watch baseball and the stadiums are awesome. You know, I went to Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia last year and that stadium is cool as hell. I mean, it's just I mean, these baseball stadiums are built for baseball now. They used to a lot of them used to, you know, Multi-sport. share sport. Yeah, share it with football whatever, but mm-hmm. these baseball stadiums are phenomenal. So there's there's so much going in their in their favor. The question is how, how what do you think are the the top two things to really get more people engaged in baseball. I'm not saying they'll be it'll be anything like the NFL or the NBA, but like well, what can get it, you know, tick it up. Well, I think you touched on something that is a real game changer from generation to generation, which was 
this whole you know theory that you know the younger generations uh, fall in love with players and not teams, mm-hmm. and I think this is actually a, a cross-sport uh, issue now. It's not a bad issue, but it's a, it's it's a real trend, mm-hmm. and I think free agency and player empowerment. Not that either one is bad. There's pros and cons to all things that you know happen in these sports, but I think. Well, you could be a diehard Yankee fan, and if your favorite player leaves or is traded after two or three years, uh, it's really a hard pill to swallow. And if it was the the guy that you fell in love with, the personality, how he gave back to the community, how he conducted himself on the field, you're going to follow that guy to the next team, and you'll still be. For instance, Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees, mm-hmm. heart and soul right now of the Yankees, if you will. Okay, mm-hmm. Leaves the Yankees and goes to San Francisco Giants. Okay? There's going to be a lot of people... I'm not saying there's going to be a lot of Yankee fans that become San Francisco Giant fans, but there's going to be a lot of Yankee fans who still follow Aaron Judge very closely. Definitely. And I think that this is something that the that baseball needs to potentially embrace, right? So let's let's talk about some of the stars. Okay. Okay? So right now, when you think of the baseball stars in today's game, mm-hmm. I think you, of course, think of Mike Trout, mm-hmm. and you think of his partner in crime, Otani. Mm-hmm. And then you start to think about, you know, there's Soto, who's been in the news a ton lately on the Nationals. Um, you have Acuna Jr., mm-hmm. who not a lot of people are familiar with. Vlad Jr., uh, you know, making his father proud on the Blue Jays. Uh, Tatis, mm-hmm. Harper, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. So there are some real, I mean, we're talking like 23 to 27-year-old stars yeah. flourishing, as well as the guys that are even more like 29, 30 who are at the apex of their careers. And I make the joke to everybody, when's the last great commercial advertisement campaign that you saw one of these guys headlining and that you remembered? Well, I did see one the other day, but I didn't recognize the guys for a little while. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that is Tatis. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm a, an avid sports fan and I know Tatis fairly well i like i know his, his stats i know i know i follow him to a degree and i was like oh who who is that guy oh it's tatis i mean nobody says that about steph curry or or lebron or, or luca or, or I mean, Giannis or you know brady i mean it's like how, how, you can you can name 20 players right. in the nba right now that you've seen commercial right, right. Uh, mike trout for example okay okay mike trout has been in baseball for 10 years now mm-hmm. and I, I can make the argument that Mike Trout is the best player of the last 10 years, I think pretty pretty soundly, mm-hmm. um, or non-pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if, – if you if, – if on a late-night show they went around and showed Mike Trout's picture in Times Square to random people, I think maybe like one or two people would get it out of 10. And I think not – I think nine – to 10 out of 10 would get LeBron, Steph Curry, okay? Like, I would almost put Mike Trout, he's almost like a Giannis, right, of the last 10 years in baseball, right? He's He hasn't won, so that's that's one thing. He hasn't been on the big stage. But this guy is a top five MVP, AL MVP in the last 10 years, every single season. I mean, most seasons, he's, he's either AL MVP or top two. And really, no one could pick him out. And he's from Vineland, New Jersey, so I'm, like, a little biased, because he's near Philly, but I mean, th- this guy and Otani too. It's like what Otani's doing is insane. Yeah, I mean, look, Mike Trout, no question, tremendous player. Uh, 
I've been consistent, has demonstrated it. Right. You know, my my biggest thing with Mike Trout and the Angels, et cetera, is that the Angels have been terrible mm-hmm. for now many years. Yep. Uh, Mike Trout, I actually know nothing about his personality. I know nothing about him besides a couple antidotes that I've read over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am absolutely 100% not invested emotionally whatsoever in Mike Trout. No. And... You know, it's unfair, right? It's unfair. He's he was drafted. He signs with the Angels. Get it? They, they they go through a rough patch after the Mike Sosha years. Mike Sosha has years of success. They're in the playoffs. They lose a lot to the Yankees. A little quick little sidebar. Yep. But so, but but here's what's interesting. So, and you don't say a, te- a player should leave a team just because, right? You know, the player has to want to. So Mike Trout signed a new contract in 2019 before mm-hmm. COVID, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the numbers. Previous to him signing that contract, they won 80 games in 2018, 80 games in 2017, 74 games in 2016. So now if you're Mike Trout, Mm -hmm. and I'm not judging, but I am, okay, do you want to win? Do you want to be on a bigger stage? I'm not just saying it has to be New York. It could be the Dodgers. It could have been the Astros. could have been the Cubs. could have been the Red Sox. But what he chose to do was sign a 10-year, $400 million contract with the Angels to stay, honestly, I'm going to joke around and say, in witness protection. Right. I mean, no one really can recognize this guy's face shy of really diehard baseball fans. I can recognize his face only because I follow the sport. Right. Meanwhile, he could have signed 10 years, $350 million anywhere else and made the same amount of money. Because <laughs> those taxes are that, That'll be a separate right. segment under you know, sports and taxes. Uh, his best friend's Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> you, but by the way, that's a really funny comparison analogy you just made. Yeah. Because I'm equally not a Bradley Beal supporter. Yeah. Meaning like totally support his decisions to do what he wants to do. But Bradley Beal has absolutely no interest in winning. And that's okay, by the way. Yeah. But, I mean, it has been demonstrated now by Bradley Beal for the last seven years, especially with the two contract extensions that he signed, that he's more than content to be in a B-minus market Mm -hmm. on a C-plus team with, would you say, zero chance of winning the title? Zero. Yeah, okay. So zero chance of winning the title. Perfect. So he's got zero chance of winning the title. And then you got Mike Trout, who for all intents and purposes has – like you said, has the talent and the statistics to be the top five player of the last 25 years and chose to stay in witness protection right. in Anaheim. Yes. It, in fairness, he is in Orange County, which is a really nice place to live. And, um, and it's great. Right. But – and that, that goes to another point too, which is – I'm not saying that they are, but these – Trout and Otani – Right, we haven't even gotten into Otani, but those two guys could be the face of baseball if you really like market them well. Or and there's also some other things involved, and they're also not in small markets. Like they're in Orange County, they're essentially a suburb of L.A., and you know it's a, it's a top two three you know market TV market in the country. And they still – still no one knows who the heck they are. Um, Otani, the other part is you – know, we can get into some other aspects with Otani, but like he's on that team too. The fact that these two guys are on the same team, they're both unreal, and the team is even this year you know, fourth to last in the American League 
it's you know pitching is a huge piece of this, and Otani is actually contributing to that too, which <laughs> he's it, doing his best on both sides. Which which is just you know which is mind boggling. I I, I, don't, I just don't understand what what's actually going on there too. Well, I think the big thing, and we let's we could dive right into Otani, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's his co-pilot in terms of being an amazing player and just on, on a terrible team, maybe playing for a franchise that's just not prepared to win. Right. But Otani's in the last year of his contract. Um, I think you and I were joking around. Uh, Otani makes a little under six million this year. Oh my god! So the next contract he's going to sign is going to be uh, significant, and and while Otani is a, a marvel, uh, he the mismanagement from a marketing perspective that MLB uh, apparently has you know pursued is something I've never seen before. Now, and I don't know if it, I've heard Otani speak some English. I know that he's not really fluent. So it makes interviews, it makes uh, quotes challenging. Like he, he's not going to resonate with as many people as he could. But I still can't, I can't comprehend that the higher ups at MLB haven't sat down with it, maybe a totally global contingent to be like, how do we get Otani, okay, in, on the top of everybody's mind across all of the United States right now? Yeah. You touched on it. The like the language aspect of it is is real, and it's it's nothing more than that's just it's just part of it. Right. Uh, he he doesn't do anything with so much flair, too. You know, and that look that goes into all of it too. Cultural. Know? Cultural. You know? Yeah. I mean. Very very Hideki Matsui type. Yeah. I mean, some guys flip the bat to a degree. Right. They do this. They do that. You know, he doesn't do it. He just literally shows up to work and does, you know, historical things. I mean, Otani, he 46 home runs last year and won nine games as a pitcher. The 46 home runs in and of itself and what he did at the plate puts him in the top five in the AL MVP race. And then his pitching last year was you know, in the upper echelon, not the top echelon, but he's, he's definitely was a above average pitcher. So to put those two together is, is beyond, right? So this year, his hitting, he's at 21 home runs through a hundred games. You know, he's got 60 RBIs. You pointed out at one point that his, he's batting 260, which is okay, but he has nine wins this year and he's each, each of the last two years, He's in the top 10 in strikeouts. I mean, to put all that together, I mean, those stats alone, I mean, his stats last year and his projections this year would be incredible in Little League, let alone <laughs> let alone in pro baseball. And still very few people know who he is. And you have him and Trout on the same team in a big market, and nobody knows who he is. But lots of people know who Aaron Judge is. And that that part of it's fascinating as well. Not look, Aaron Judge isn't known like I think any of the top ten players in the NBA or the top ten players in in the NFL or most recognized players. But that part of it is is just fascinating. And I don't know where the gap really really is. So taking a number that was uh, sent to me late night last night by my uh, my good friend Andrew, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. and we'll have him on at some point. So the highest slugging percentage with runners in scoring position in the last 50 years, Otani's number one. Wow. Okay. 
the lowest slugging percentage allowed with runners in scoring position is Otani's number one. Oh, my God. So now, listen, four years, four and a half years, it, it's a real period of time. It's a little bit of a subset. But to be at – to have to hold the number one position for both of those stats as a hitter and a pitcher, if I'm MLB – I'm potentially renting blimpy, like I'm renting gigantic blimps and taking those numbers across like every athletic field across the United States. Right. Like I, I just, I can't get my arms around. And listen, I don't know Rob Manfred. Uh, I, you know, I, obviously we all knew Bud Selig and how he ran the sport mm-hmm. um, and, and previous to him, the commissioner. But I, I, I don't know what Rob and company are doing to to correct this issue. It's a real problem because these numbers do jump off the page. They do. They, I, I was not aware of those stats and you're right. I mean, it is a, a smaller subset. I have no reason to believe that him healthy doesn't continue that. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's, that is historical stuff. I mean, that, that is just stuff that's just, that just inconceivable before he came along. So let's have some fun. Okay, Alon? Mm-hmm. Uh, Euro Tani, mm-hmm. the year ends, mm-hmm. fourth, fifth place, contracts up. If you're Otani, where do you want to go? If he's smart, he doesn't just go for the biggest dollars. He goes to one of those. Well, another team we didn't name was the Dodgers, which is mm-hmm. another. So there's like there's like five or six like really core baseball towns. I think you go to one of those because if you continue to do anything even close to what you're doing right now in those towns, I do think it starts to resonate. I, re- I really do think it starts to resonate with more people. And if he's smart enough, he will make tenfold on whatever he gave up in major league earning income. Right. In endorsements. Endorsements. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's got some people that are – I think he said something at the ESPYs, which made me feel like he's being coached a little bit. Um, I, I, have to, I have to bring it bring it up. But he said something that was like actually pretty funny. Um, he wasn't there, but they videoed him in as like, like best baseball player or something. Um, so I think he's uh, becoming more cognizant of that. I think baseball is becoming more cognizant of it. So that, that would be my, my high-level thought on what he should do. So my – Knee jerk is the Mets let Degrom go mm-hmm. because I think as great as Degrom is, he definitely has some some arm issues. Look, almost all pitchers do at some point, but I think they let Degrom go and they sign Otani mm-hmm. to a five year, you know, one thirty, one forty. Mm-hmm. They give him Scherzer like money. Uh, Otani is what twenty eight. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And I think that's the play. And I think he joins – first of all, he goes to a city that is, you know, the definition of a melting pot of all cultures, of all accepted, you know, people. It's a great city with, that's super diverse. I think he probably talks to some former players on the Yankees and the Mets uh, that, you know, come uh, from similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And just to understand the lay of the land because I think Hideki Matsui absolutely loved his time on the Yankees. He ingratiated himself to the Yankees and their fans despite the language barrier. Mm-hmm. And he actually did do some ads. And I don't know if you remember, he got the nickname Godzilla. Yes. So 
it's not like this can't get, you know, they can't, this can't be done and they can't spin Otani into something like awesome for MLB and for a city like New York to put, just put him and put baseball a little bit more back on the map. Right. And your exposure in the postseason matters. It does. And how well you play in the post and how deep you play. And if you have some memorable moments, that's that that will help clearly for anyone. But um, there are definitely guys in other sports who aren't doing anything in the playoffs who are very well known. So it's 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 a conversation that uh, more than just the two of us are having. Okay. Listen, as we enter the end of July, the dog days of August. Uh, baseball really does start to heat up. Yep. I think it's it's anybody's uh, it's anybody's season at this point. I think you've got at least six teams, maybe even eight, that have a real puncher chance at winning the World Series. Uh, and I, I look forward to doing another baseball podcast with you, my friend. Uh, and hopefully, uh, maybe we'll get some uh, emails yep. and some suggestions on uh, on how baseball can uh, can get back on track. I have a couple people who I won't name yet. <laughs> who could come on and shed a little bit more light on certain baseball issues for people who have played the game at, at, at higher levels than, than me. My highest level was at camp. Um, <laughs> I did win the softball award. Just want to throw that nice, out. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get some more in-depth you know, conversations on that, other topics. But for now, uh, this is these are the dudes of Davy, the DoD podcast, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. See you. See you soon. Take care.